the Shi'ur Tanya for Chof Dalid Kislev, the 24th day of Kislev for Ishana Mu'uberis, uh, begins on Amud Hay on page 5 with the words Perik Aleph Tanya, and it goes up till Amud uh, 10, uh, with the ends with the words Vishivim Ponim Latoyrim. Uh, the Alter Rebbe is uh, going to uh, prove from different, various different Chazal the point that he's trying to make uh, with the uh, main point of the Tanya, what he's trying to make is that there are two parts uh, to the person that is serving Hashem. Uh, there is the external part of the person, and then there is the inner part of the person. The external part of the person serving Hashem, that is a reference to the uh, person's thoughts, speech, and action. They're called also levushim. Uh, these are uh, activities, we call them external parts of the soul, because those are items that are uh, revealed and uh, relatively speaking they are outside uh, they're revealed they are distant uh, from the uh, soul Um, the other aspect is the inner part of the soul that is basically what goes on uh, the status of the person in his status on the inside uh, the inside is a reference about the person's ave, uh, his love and his fear, and his other emotional and intellectual parts of his soul, which are much more inner, and they're much more uh, connected, uh, uh, and they're much more self uh, for the soul, and they do not come out in a revealed way, as do the uh, thought, speech, and action of the person. Basically, this is important to uh, realize. Uh, this analysis is important because, uh, as the Altarebbe will explain, that one's uh, status, uh, one's state uh, in uh, the external level, what goes on in his Machshava Dibur Maisa, which means if his thought, speech, and action are perfect, that still doesn't tell us much about what goes on on his inside level, what's going on inside uh, the person. And uh, it's possible uh, that a person who can... Uh, be uh, perfect and do everything in his thought, speech, and action, but yet his inside, um, what's going on inside him, has not yet or is not uh, um, been uh, in a way that it is uh, totally uh, devoted to Hashem. Uh, And on the other hand, um, there is a whole... Uh, aspect, there's a whole separate uh, uh, connection and uh, level in which a person changes around and deals with his insight. Uh, 
Um, I'm just saying very briefly because we'll see all the uh, the different how this uh, comes out in various different ways as the Alter Rebbe will speak in the Prakim of Tanya that follow. When the Alter Rebbe said in the uh, in the introduction that he's going to explain the pasuk of Korev Elecha Hadover Mioid Bificho Bilvocho LaAsoisoi. So the Alter Rebbe basically is going to explain said how this is close, how it's very attainable, the level of love and fear of Hashem, uh, the level of machshava, uh, dibur and maisa, b'ficha u'bilvavcha la'asoysoy, which means machshava, dibur and maisa. This is the point that the al is going to explain, how is it close that the the actuality, the practical application of one's uh, performance of mitzvah in speaking uh, words of Torah, uh, the machshava, one's thought of Torah, and maisa, one's act of Torah and mitzvahs, uh, that's fairly karevelecha, that's uh, fairly close to one person. Uh, a person has the ability to attain that. But if you start talking about uh, one's uh, inner self, one's emotional level, one's uh, uh, spiritual, one's intellectual level, uh, to um, have that uh, connected to Hashem, that is not so karevelecha. So the karevelecha is really, it's the b'ficha bilvavcha l'asoyse, is the machshava dibramaisis, thought, speech, and action as opposed to what goes on with his insight. The Alter Rebbe will explain, will introduce uh, the idea over here that one's service needs to also include his insight. That it's not sufficient, it doesn't end with just thought, speech, and action. But one's service needs to include to change around his insight. And the Alter Rebbe is going to introduce the whole concept that in the inside there are actually two distinct forces. And these two distinct forces uh, are battling for uh, the person's inside um, that they... Uh, each one of them uh, wants to be in control of uh, the person's inside, and hence, once they're controlled the person's inside, uh, they would also control the person's outside, the person's machshava dibra And there's a battle going on for the person's inside. So, although it's easy for the person it is attainable, easily attainable for the person to who inside him there's warring between the godly soul and the nefesh abamis, the animal soul over control over his inside and a person as the Alter Rebbe will explain may not always have the ability to win that part of the war and make sure that his inside, what goes on inside him, is totally uh, on the side of his godly soul. 
But nevertheless, the person does have the ability, and it's karve lecho, that the uh, manifestation, and the outcome of uh, that, uh, what the person thinks, does, and speaks, uh, he has control that that should be only uh, those items that are um, connected to Hashem and which are proper, which are uh, uh, the Torah mitzvahs in the Machshavah Dibramais in the Poel Mamash. So the Altarev is going to start out by proving uh, in the beginning from different various different places that there is more uh, than just the outer layer of things, the person's speech, uh, thought and action, the machshava, dibur and maisa, thought, speech and action, that there's more than that. So we'll start with learning inside. So it begins off by quoting a b'raise in the third chapter of Nida. Tanya we learned in Abraise, the Soif, Perik, Gimel, the Nida, the end of the third chapter of Nida. So the Abraise says over there, Mashbin Oisek, Tihit Sadik, Ve'al Tihit That is, that when a person, before he is born, before a person is born, and of course a person is born, a Jewish person is born with a task, a task in this world. Uh, in order to uh, uh, be able to to um, change around and work, live in this world, and uh, stay connected to Hashem, uh, turn around the parts in his own self and parts of the environment in which this Jew finds himself, to turn them around and to have also his uh, uh, body and his uh, environment uh, turned into a place where Hashem rests, where is a connection to Hashem. So in order for a person uh, to be able to successfully, for a Jew to be able to successfully accomplish this mission, so before he is born, so he's administered an oath. Uh, in heaven, uh, they administer an oath to the person before he's born. Uh, to the person, meaning the person as he is combined of a soul and a body. The person before he is born, what is going to be a person later on, which is going to be, the Jew is going to be an ishama and a body. So they administer the oath and they give him the extra uh, uh, the extra powers to be successful in his mission which he's going to accomplish in this world and they tell him that you should be righteous that's the extra uh, oath means they give him that extra boost uh, to overcome and give him that extra uh Kaika's powers, so that he should be able to overcome all the challenges, and they give him that oath. That oath is sort of a uh, an inspiration and a, uh, a boost that he should be a tzaddik, and also the alti and also not to be a rosh. 
as the Alter Rebbe will explain later on in Tanya, <coughs> these two parts, uh, be a tzaddik and don't be a rosh, it seems like it's a repetitive uh, language, because if he's a tzaddik, then he's not a rosha. What does it mean, tihi tzaddik v'alti rosha? And the Alter Rebbe will explain that uh, as we learn the different level of of a tzaddik, that a true tzaddik is not only one who has mastered his external parts, his machshava, dibur, and maise, but somebody who is also in control and he is fully um, uh, taken and he is in control fully by his godly soul. So that would be the level of tzaddik, the real tzaddik who is fully uh, been transformed that he is totally in the inside and the outside in all aspects of him he is a tzaddik so the first uh, part of the shvua is to he tzaddik that he should be a tzaddik but as we will learn that aspect of a person to be able to totally transform himself so that also his inside that he should only be uh uh, controlled totally only by the nefesh of the kids, by the godly soul, that is not something which really everybody has the ability to do. And therefore, we at least tell him, Val Tihi Rosha. So at least, minimally, don't be a Rosha, which means uh, don't be in the external level of Rosha, which means don't, in the, at least in the Machshava Dibra Maisa, you should be um, full, whole, and not allow for your machshava dibra ma'isa to be affected uh, in a way that you will not fully uh, fulfill the Torah mitzvahs. So we the, the the verse the shvu is to be understood as it be a tzaddik, but at least valti rosha. But in any event, the Alter Rebbe is not bringing this down now. We'll talk about it later on in time. And further, there's another part to the shvu that they tell him. And even if everybody tells you that you are a tzaddik, how would people know that the person is a tzaddik? Because they see how he conducts himself. So, he should still, in his own eyes, a person should not, he should not accept that uh, evaluation of the people, but he, in his own eyes, he considers himself uh, like a Russia. So here too, the al uh, is going to prove his point from this statement, and he's going to start to elaborate now in the second part of the statement, that a person, even if he's told that he's a tzaddik, he should be, in his eyes, like a Russia. If we assume that uh, the... Uh, there's only one aspect of it that is the machshava dibur and ma'isa, that which means what is considered a person who is righteous, who does the right thing, the, known as a tzaddik, that is only in the level of the machshava dibur and ma'isa, that his thought, speech, and action he does fulfills in actuality what the Torah and mitzvahs, what Hashem expects of him. So that would be a tzaddik. So then when we say that he should consider himself as a Russia, we're going to have problems with that. 
as we're going to see, as the Altarebbe is going to ask. The Altarebbe wants to bring out that really the pshat over here is that if a people say that you're a tzaddik, in other words, they look at you, or it's not only that they tell you, if you see that in Machshavet Dibur that in the outside you're a tzaddik, but Heyei Be'necho, as the Altarebbe is going to be midayik later on in the answer, it's Kirosho. Not Hayyei Benecha Rosha, but Kirosha, like a Rosha. Which means to say that never be sure what's going on in your inside. We're not talking about a person should feel like he's actually a Rosha in Machshava Dibra Maise, that he's violating the Torah and Mitzvahs. As we will see. The Altarebbe wants to bring out from this statement, later on he's going to bring out, that means you should be in your eyes as if you were a Russia means that your inside have not yet been uh, transformed. Although your outside, although your Machshavet Dibra Maisa Atake Tzadik, you can tell, people can tell, you can tell, and that's something which is revealed. But still, you must think of yourself on your inside. Don't think that that has transformed you. The reason that's important also, I mean, doesn't they elaborate that, but it's important for a person to recognize his status, to know what he has yet what to do. So, the basically is over, the, the shvua of the person he's giving is on one hand, he is told, given the boost, that you should go ahead and be a tzaddik, which means on the highest level, and don't be a rasha, which means at least be a benini. And then, telling you also that it's important for the person to to realize that even though uh, he is not a Russia in the sense that he still, that his Machshava Dibur Maise is okay, but still he should realize that it's very possible that his inside has not yet been transformed and that will help him to continue his Avedah to do it in the proper way. Because as the Altarab is going to say now, if we're going to say that the pshat is that there is just one thing that we're dealing with. Tzaddik means that he should be righteous, that everything what he does should be according to the Torah. And then the, we're still telling the person, that you should be in his eyes. In other words, he should consider himself, no, that he is violating the Torah. He is not following the instruction of the Torah, and that's why he should hold himself like a Russia. So that's not possible. Now, the Rebbe asked, so we need to understand the Atanon of his Pedic base, but we, this would contradict what we learned in Mesech in the second chapter. It says there, that a person should not hold himself evil in front by himself. And uh, that would contradict. So why are we telling a person that he should uh, uh, consider himself a Russia when the Mishnah says a person should not hold himself like a Russia? But as we've explained, as the Altarebbe will explain it, what it really means over here we're talking, a person should not hold himself uh, uh, for a Russia in the sense that he is uh, actually evil, that he is violating the Torah, that stock a person should not consider himself, should not 
be in his own eyes uh, a Russia. Because if he does the mitzvahs and he doesn't violate, he should realize that he doesn't violate the mitzvahs and he should not consider himself a Russia. But as the Alpha will explain over here, we're talking about when it says in the Shavua that he should be Kenecha Kerosha, we're talking about somebody uh, to feel himself that he has not yet changed around his inside. So inside him, he is still what we call a Benuni. He is still somebody who still has to, hasn't transformed his inside, but not in a Russia in the sense that he's actually violating the Torah Mitzvah as the Alter Rebbe will prove further. So first, the challenges to the Braise, to the Shvua that we learn of the Shvika Roshi, is it says in a Braise, it says in a Mishnah that a person shouldn't be a Roshi, know himself. But furthermore, also logically, it doesn't make sense for a person to consider if the meaning of Hayyabinecha Kirosha means just evil, the, the Shvua that you should consider as if you're doing Avedas, that you're violating the Torah, so that's, there's another problem with that. It doesn't make sense logically. If in his eyes he will consider himself like evil, so that is uh, automatically, it's inevitably that that he will feel bad about it. Because uh, a person knows that he is uh, a Russia. So what happens when a person feels bad? A person feels bad. So a person becomes sad. So becomes depressed, becomes sad, and velo yuchalavit, and then he will not able to serve Hashem b'simchav uh, tuvlevov with joy and with uh, a gladness of heart. Since we know that it's a very important aspect to serve Hashem with joy and with gladness of the heart, for the opportunity to be of service to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, so, if a person uh, feels bad, or a person thinks, no, that he's violating the Torah, so he's generally uh, has this concept that no matter what he's doing, he is violating, he's against Hashem, so he's not doing the right thing, and, and therefore he's going to um, you know, be upset about that and not be able to serve Hashem, with joy, that's not possible for us to put a person in such a position that he is uh, not going to be able to um, serve Hashem joyfully. And on the other hand, but let's say a person will make up his mind and he will say to himself that no matter what, I know actually that I am uh, not, I'm under Arasha, I'm violating Hashem's will, Yet, he makes up his mind that he doesn't, he's not going to feel bad about it. He's going to continue serving Hashem with joy. So that means that notwithstanding the fact that he knows that he is uh, a Russia, that he's bad, and yet he is very happy. So that means, but if his heart doesn't become, he doesn't feel bad, he does, his heart doesn't feel bad at all from the fact that he's a Russia and he's still going to serve with joy, that basically is going to leave him to a level of, of apathy, he doesn't care anymore whether he is uh, Russia or not, he's still happy. 
So that can bring a person to lightheadedness, God, lightheadedness, God forbid, because the person is going to take it serious because he knows he's doing Averis, and yet he's he's joyful. So it doesn't make sense to learn in the simple context that what it says here, a person should consider himself a Russia, and therefore uh, a Russia, if it means that Russia means to violate the Torah, that would interfere with the service besimcha, or, in the uh, other hand, it would bring the person to lightheadedness if he could still stay besimcha, even though he knows that he's violating the Torah. But as the Alter Rebbe will explain, that here we're not talking about a violation of the Torah in the Shavua. Of course, a person needs to know his stand if he does the Torah mitzvahs, he is fulfilling it and he needs to understand that that is what he's actually doing, that he's not violating that. But still, the person should feel that his inside hasn't been transformed. That doesn't mean that he is violating anything. That's part of the service, the continuous struggle. Some people struggle with it all their lives, and some people are not meant to even to change it around. That's why it's Yei uh, Tzadik, that the Shavu is, but at least Al Tirasha. But uh, you know, sometimes some people cannot even be the level of a uh, of a tzaddik. But yet, that won't make him feel bad because a person doesn't have to necessarily change around his inside. That also in his inside he should be a tzaddik. And the statement when it says a is talking about like a Russia, not like you're violating the will of Hashem, but like a Russia, like a Bainani who does what Hashem wants, but rather it's only that he has not yet succeeded in transforming his insight. And the Alter Rebbe is going to prove this further from different Chazals, that there are the two aspects about when we talk about a Tzaddik, when somebody is righteous, we can talk about Sometimes about the righteous in the actuality, in the machshava dibur and ma'ase, in his speech, thought, and action, in the actual observance of the Torah and mitzvahs, in the poel uh, mamish, in his actions, in the uh, uh, revealed way, and that we can also uh, there is another aspect of it, a person's level of uh, tzaddik, which is uh, more a description where the uh, person stands as far as his inside, has he yet, was he yet able to transform himself on the inner level, which is not something which is negeya, which is, which is applied to the actual Torah mitzvahs, but rather that's the status of the person where he stands in his level and connection to Hashem and how much he has transformed his inside. So the Alter Rebbe says now, but the idea over here is, uh, we find in the Gemara, Heicha Lukas, the Gemara talks of five categories. The Gemara says that there is a tzaddik, there is a righteous person, in the simple meaning of the Gemara, the Gemara talks about a tzaddik v'toivloi, there is some. There's a tzaddik, and things go well for him, it's good for him, meaning that in this world he has uh, everything good, so he's a righteous and there is good to him. And sometimes there's a tzaddik, that he's a righteous person, but still there's veraloid, things are not going so well. And then we have a rasha, an evil person, uh, 
that means a uh, person who does bad, but still the Torah things go well for that Russia, uh, in the physical sense. And uh, there is a Russia, another category, a Russia who does bad, but Veraloi. And things do not go well for him, things are bad for him. And then we have a Ubeinoni. So a Beinoni means a person in the middle. middle. He's neither a Tzaddik, but he's not a Russia. So, who is this? Uh, so these five categories of the Tzaddik, which Tzaddik has good in this world, and which Tzaddik has bad in this world? So the Gemara explains, the Gemara explains that Tzaddik v'toivloi, that who is the Tzaddik who has things going well for him? That's a Tzaddik Gomor. That's a complete Tzaddik. A complete Tzaddik since he's complete in his righteousness, therefore he has no nothing to suffer for in this world, so therefore things go well for him too, because he's a complete tzaddik. On the other hand, a tzaddik v'raloi is a tzaddik whose things has, who suffers, who has things not going so well for him, things are bad for him. That's a tzaddik no gomor, and therefore he needs to still suffer in this world, and that's why things are... Uh, physically not as well for him. And uh, the same thing is in the other side that they, there's a Russia that is uh, good for him, meaning that um, things go well for him because he's not a Russia Gomer, so he gets paid for some of these good stuff. And then there's a Russia Gomer who, who, um, who uh, doesn't have any merits and therefore things go bad for him. And then you have uh, the uh, Benun. So, so far, according to the explanation of the Gemara in this uh, these categories, the um, uh, expression atzadik and it's good to him uh, are not expressing the status of the tzadik. We're not talking about what kind of a tzadik. The toiv loy is telling us. Uh, how his status is begashmis. He is a tzaddik, he's a righteous person. And the toivloi means uh, that things are going well for him. And then the Gemara explains why does a tzaddik things go well for him? Because he's a tzaddik gomor. So a tzaddik, a gomor means a complete tzaddik. That's ex- that that uh, expresses the level of tzitkes, the level of righteousness. So we're saying that he's a tzaddik gomor. But the uh, meaning of the words v'toiv loy uh, in of itself isn't an expression of a gomor, of what level of a tzaddik it is. It's just an expression of how uh, things go for a tzaddik, who is a tzaddik gomor, as the Gemara explains. The, 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 and he gets v'toiv But the quotes now from the Raya Mehemna, the Raya Mehemna is a section in the Zoyar, which is called the Raya Mehemna in the Parshish Mishpatim, Pirish. But there he explains that the meaning of the, uh, what the Gemara says, uh, Tzadik, uh, V'toivloi, uh, over there he says, so over there he teaches specifically that Tzadik V'raloi, so he teaches the words V'tzadik V'raloi, Shehara Sheboi, According to the Rai Mehemne, the Tzadik Veraloi is not just 
a description of what takes place uh, is not just a, uh, a status what happens to him Gashmi, is that things are not well for him but rather it's also another expression of the level of a tzaddik she'ine gomor the gomor is a tzaddik she'ine gomor so the uh, is also called a tzaddik v'raloi that means that notwithstanding the fact that he's a tzaddik he still has Ra. Uh, so now we're going to start seeing already that there is a Tzaddik. So, on one hand we're describing him as a Tzaddik. The Gemara said just he's not a Tzaddik, she ain't a Gomor. So that means he's a not complete Tzaddik, but we haven't yet uh, pinpointed what means a not a complete Tzaddik. But not a complete Tzaddik over here means that he has a little bit of Ra. So, since we've already, what we're trying to, the Al-Tarev is getting over here, that there is two levels over here. There is the one aspect of the Tzaddik, which is what he does and he doesn't do. So, they're both Tzaddikim. The Tzaddikim, they do everything what's right. But there is a Tzaddik, According to the Ibrahim Hemne, which means that a tzaddik that only has good, and that is there is a tzaddik that he doesn't only have good, but he also has uh, a little bit of ra. And that ra and that toiv, those are describing what's going on inside him. The tzaddik is describing the person's level in what he is doing. Uh, that he is doing, he's a tzaddik, he's righteous. In everything that he does, he's righteous. And the second part of the toivloi is describing that what's going on in his inside. That there is a tzaddik who inside is the toivloi, and there is a tzaddik that viraloi is also a description of his inside, that there is a little bit of Ra. However, it's only a little bit of Ra. Because, as the, the Rai Memna says, Shara Shaboy, that that Ra that's in him, is Kof of Latoyv, is bent to the, to the good. And that's why he would be a Tzaddik, still, uh, and not a Benuni. Because as we will see later on, a Benuni is also an essentially a Tzaddik. In the Machshava Dibra in the actual speech, uh, thought, speech, and action. But the Tzaddik is such that he has uh, already taken care and he has subdued a lot of the Ra to Toif. So that means that also his inside has been changed around a lot. But it's still an alloy. It's Kafuf La Toif. A Bainani, as we will learn later on, hasn't yet succeeded to uh, even bend his Ra to the toiv. So there's still a constant struggle in his inside. But the reason why this one is a tzaddik is because vira loy doesn't just mean that he has ra. 
because that there is. No, but this, this Tzadli Baralo is not trying to describe here that he has Ra, but it's trying to describe that the Ra Loi is kafuf to the Toiv, as, as the uh, Zoyer says, in the Raya Mehemna. So now, according to the Raya Mehemna, there, there is like a duplicate description um, the way the Raya Mehemna learns the Pshat, in tzaddik v'toivloi and tzaddik v'raloi, uh, it seems when the Gemara says tzaddik v'toivloi is tzaddik gomur and tzaddik v'raloi tzaddik sheina gomur, we're really talking about the same thing. Because a tzaddik gomur is one who has totally transformed his inside. That means tzaddik v'toivloi, and a tzaddik v'raloi means a tzaddik sheina gomur who has not yet totally transformed the Ra that's inside him. Uh, so, why is the Gemara then explaining that the Tzadik, the Tzadik Gemara, we're basically using two different terms to describe the same thing. Uh, the way we learned it, the Pashas and the Gemara, the Tzadik, the Tzadik, those were talking about what the person gets by Gashmis, a Tzadik that has good in Gashmis, a Tzadik that has bad in Gashmis. And the Tzadik Gomer talked about his level. But according to the Rai Mehemne, the Tzadik, the Tzadik, the Tzadik, are both Tzadik, and Tzadik Gomer, Shein are talking about the same thing. They're both describing what level of a Tzadik he is. So the Alter Rebbe later on in Tanya will explain that the level of Tzadik Gomor, Tzadik She'ene Gomor, that the Gomorrah uses to explain that, that describes the person's service, that the Tzadik serves Hashem uh, from his soul. Uh, that um, the reason the person gets the, the description of Tzadik uh, is because of his service to Hashem. So there's a tzaddik gomor, which means that his love and his service to Hashem is the greatest love, calls it avabitainugim, a love of delight. That's a complete love. Uh, and that describes uh, his connection to Hashem. Or that the love to Hashem is tzaddik she'en gomor. He is not a completely in love and connected like the tzaddik gomor. So those are those are descriptions of his connection to Hashem, whereas the other description of tzaddik v'toivloi and tzaddik v'raloi are descriptions how the person is dealing with the other parts in himself, how much he has able to uh, conquer and transform himself on his inside. So because the tzaddik gomor he has a delight in Hashem. He is tzaddik v'toivloi. He is already transformed. There is no ra. Mashenkin the tzaddik she'ene gomur. Since he is still in the middle, his ava is not yet as full as wholesome. He's ene gomur, and therefore also he has not yet been able to totally transform the ra that's in him, and that's why the rashi is still kafuf l'toy. But nevertheless. What do we see from this? Uh, what is the Rebbe bringing down? The Rebbe bringing down this desire, the Gemara and the Zayar, to give us again the idea that there is two things that we're talking about. We see in the Gemara over there. It's not just about the uh, Torah mitzvahs in actuality, Machshavah Dibur Maisa, 
or violating. That's not. There's another level. There's a, something that we're talking about of a toivloi. We're talking about viraloi. We're talking about rashi boykov of the toiv. That there's another whole other aspect which a person needs to attain to become a tzaddik more than just doing the uh, Torah and mitzvahs. And further, he's going to bring now another gemara, which we also see the gemara soif perik tes the brachis. In the Gemara, in the end of the ninth chapter of Brachas, we also it says over there, Tzadikim Yetzer Toiv Shevto, that the righteous people are judged uh, by their uh, Yetzer Toiv, their good inclination judges them or controls them, and the Rishayim. But by the evil people, Yetzer Hara Shevto, the Yetzer Hara controls them. Um, now, the Lashon is going to uh, learn later on what does it mean when it says Shaftam. Uh, Shaftam judges them. Judges them is in meaning has control. Uh, so, the actual meaning of control means it's more than just what they do, but this is an issue of inside who controls them. And then it says over there, Beinonim, the average, the middle person, not the Tzaddik and not the Rasha, we say, They both control them. The Yetzer Toiv and the Yetzer control them. And the Shevtam means judges them, and judge them means that is in charge, rules them. Uh, so the Altarebbe will actually explain uh, later on that this ruling means what goes on in their inside. Ruling over here means who has the say, who pushes, who has a say on the inside, but not who, um, what they do, because even the Benini, although he is ruled by the Yetzirah, also together with the Yetzirah, but that doesn't mean that he violates the Torah as we're going to see later on. But the Amar Rabbis, or the Gemara over there, Rabbis says, with regards to this, he says, So when he was teaching his students, he says, for example, take me, I'm the middle person. So he placed himself as an example of a Benun. Amar Lei Abaye, so Abaye says to him, to Rabbi, when he places himself as a Benun, Leishavik Mar Chaya Luchol he says, you are uh, not leaving life to any creation, meaning that you're condemning everybody to death. And basically because uh, if you're a Benuni, uh that means that everybody under you who's in a lesser level than you is a Russia. And Russias are not uh, are considered even are called dead. So it means that you're condemning us all to death because you're saying you don't live life for us. So over here too, uh, for Rabbah, as the Al Rebbe will say later on, uh, for Rabbah to uh, say of himself that he was a a benuni, a average person, the Rebbe is going to prove must mean that the. Uh, the Benunim, the description of the Tzadik Benunim and the Rishoyim is not the description of their actual 
uh, doing, whether they're violating the Torah mitzvahs or not, because the uh, the if it was uh, so, then Rabbah could not possibly say, as the Alter Rebbe will talk later on, he could not possibly say that he was a Benami. Uh and, um, and 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 therefore the Alter Rebbe is going to prove um, that the Benuni uh, description is really of the of, of their level of their inside, as we learned before. Uh, that even though that you are, everybody says that a person should consider himself like a uh, like a Benuni, meaning Kirasha that he. That he has inside uh, hasn't transformed himself on the inside, and uh, and that's why Rabbi said about himself uh, that he was a benoni. And Abaye argued and he said, still lishavik marchay luchol beria as far as that goes. But the Alter Rebbe before the Alter Rebbe is going to bring this proof. He says first Ulohavin calls the Bayer hated. To understand this very well, this uh, the statement of Rav is going to explain uh, the level of the Benoni and the level of the war and the inside and what does it mean to transform oneself, etc. Uh, so the uh, Alter Rebbe here is saying we have to understand this well. Uh, um, how could there be such a disagreement over here between Abaye and Rabbe? Abaye and Rabbe. Rabbe claims that he's a Benoni. If we should just approach it from the uh, perspective of the Torah, observance of Torah Mitzvah, not violating or not, so besides the fact that we have a problem, how could Rabbe make such a mistake and say that he's a Benoni? But the question would be, this is something which is very, um, very obvious. Um, is Rabbi an observant Jew or not an observant Jew? How could Rabbi and Abaye be arguing about a fact whether Rabbi is an observant Jew or not? So Rabbi says he's a Benoni. That means he has 50-50 if we're going to talk. In other words, sometimes he violates the Torah, doesn't violate the Torah. And Abaye said to him, though, what does he mean he does it? So, how does it change the fact? If Rabbi is a, is a Benny 50-50. If we should say that um, that uh, a tzaddik, Benny Rosh, is only, the description is only with regards to what goes on in the actuality, in the Machshav Dibramais, in the, whether one violates the Torah, fulfills the Torah, or violates the Torah in his action, or not. So the Alter Rebbe is saying, love calls a Bayer to understand this. Very well, because the Alter Rebbe will explain later on in Chanami that really this is not just a question about violating Torah mitzvahs or not. That's not what it's about, because of course Rabbi didn't make such a mistake. Of course that wouldn't be a dispute between Abaya and Rabbi. The question over here is a totally different question: is what's going on with Rabbi's insight? Rabbi said that the tzaddikim are judged, meaning who pulls them, judged him is who pulls them, who pulls on them, who controls them, just the uh, tzaddik. And the rush is pulled just by the by the uh, uh, by the Yetzir Hora. 
So the Bainani is one that is pulled by both. Doesn't mean that he does, he doesn't listen, as the Altra will explain at length. He doesn't listen to what the Yetzirah says, he doesn't listen to what the Nevshabahami says. But yet, he's being pulled. So that's something which there is a dispute whether he is um, considered a Bainani. Rabbi considered himself being pulled by the Yetzirah too. As we find and Abaye thought that there needs to be even a tzaddik in the level that he's not even pulled by the Yitzharas to transform his inside. Because otherwise, because we need such tzaddikim too. Tzaddikim that are totally transformed themselves. The world cannot exist without them. Or, and therefore, uh, he argued differently, but now we can understand what the dispute was. But let's go fight it. Further, the Altareb is going to prove this point, try to prove the point that there is more than just the external Machshava Dibrumaise that applies, that is at play when we discuss Tzadikim and Rishoyim. Also, we need to understand Mashomar Iyev, what Iyev said in the Gemara Baba Basra Perik Aleph. He says over there, Rabbeinu Shaloylam. Master of the universe, but also Zadikim, but also Rishoy. In his complaining to Hashem about uh, in his uh, pain and his misery that Eiv uh, went through, he was uh, sort of saying that everything has been predestined. So why is God uh, in demanding or uh, expecting from people? to be other than he has already created them. He says, you have created the tzaddikim, and you have created the rishay. So, the question is, what tzaddik v'rasha loiko omar? What is Eve saying? It's not like Eve was making up stories. I mean, Eve said that you created tzaddik great rishayim, but the truth of the matter is, that the Gemara relates, that the Malach asks HaKadosh Baruch Hu, about each one who is about to be born, whether he's going to be wise or foolish, strong or weak, he asks him all different questions. What is this person going to be? But there is no mention over there whether he's going to be a tzaddik in the Russia, because that is given over to the uh, choice, the free choice of the person. So why does Eve say that you have created tzaddikim, you have created rishayim, which is not it's not the case that Hashem has created tzaddikim in the rishayim? But the way the Altarebbe will explain later that although there is a tzaddik in the Russia, whether a person will do violate the Torah mitzvahs and be a tzaddik in the level of not violating Torah mitzvahs, or a Russia to violate Torah mitzvahs, of course that is not determined and that is given to the choice of the person. But yet, on a deeper level of a tzaddik, whether a person should be able to transform his inside, whether he should reach the level that the Ra should be so that he should totally transform himself, that he should not be pulled, he should not be judged at all by the evil, and not be given even to tempted by his. That is something which Barasa Tadikim Barasa Rishayim, as Altenev will explain, which means some people cannot uh, attain that level. Some people cannot never attain that level of uh, Tzadik. 
and uh, the the the, the Rishayim also meaning not being able to be a tzaddik, but not in the sense of a rasha of actually doing bad or uh, violating the Torah. That's some 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 people have to struggle all their lives, but they still have the ability and the and the uh, expectation of them is that they should uh, do the Torah mitzvahs in a in a positive uh, way. I'm all the Torah mitzvahs. So therefore, that will explain Eve's. That's the Alt Rebbe will explain Eve's complaint. Gam and then further. Proof to this is all is from just trying to examine what the bainani is. From the level to examine what would mean the bainani, the average, the person that is in between a tzaddik and a rasha. The question is there could be, it seems like there could be no in between. If all that we're dealing with is the actuality, the speech, thought, and action, whether one violates the Torah and speech sources, in thought, speech, and action, or he doesn't violate the Torah in thought, speech, and action. Those are the... If that's the only question, then what does it mean that somebody is in the middle? How could you be a Benin in the middle? Because there's no such thing in the middle. If you violate anything, you're not a tzaddik. Uh, in order to be a tzaddik, you're not, you cannot violate anything. So, how could one be a person in the middle? It doesn't work by 50-50 saying, if you do 50 mitzvahs, half of your mitzvahs and half of various, uh, that's not a tzaddik, that's not a bainani, that's a rasha. Any avera is a rasha. The is going to bring out that it doesn't matter what kind of an avera you do, you are considered a rasha by doing any violation. So what does it mean, a bainani? How could you be in the middle? It's no, there's no middle ground over here. Either you violate the Torah or you don't violate the Torah. If we're talking about a different level, not about the level of actually observance of Torah mitzvahs, so then we can understand that's what they are. Then we understand that the Benini is such who doesn't violate any of the Torah mitzvahs. The only thing is that he still has to deal with his inside. There is a pull to do evil. There is a pull from both sides. It's There is a pull from the evil side. There is a pull from the good side. But he doesn't do any anyway. But if we so, that's going to prove. That's why he's bringing this to prove that point that there is something else that we have to take into consideration. And that is just by trying to look. Besides trying to see the Tzadi Gamur, Eine Gamur, and the and then if we just have to look at one thing. What is a Benari? We see the Gamara mentions five categories. And one of the categories is a Benari. What is the category of a Benari that the Gamara mentions? So the Gamla Hovi knows understand Mahus, what is the essence? What is what is it the Madregas Abenani, the level of Benin? Shabavadai, of course, Abeni wouldn't be any Mahtzis Couldn't be fifty percent merit and fifty percent sin. So Benani would mean in the middle, we smack in the middle. Russia has hundred percent of Aris, 
a tzaddik has 100% mitzvahs, and a benoni is 50-50. 50% mitzvahs, 50% merit, and 50% avedis. That would be impossible. Shem Cain, if that was the case, that that would be a benoni, a so, how could the Rabbi make a mistake before quoting the Gemara that he's a Benoni? How would he even think that he's a Benoni? Did the Rabbi, could it possibly be, could it possibly be that the Rabbi made a mistake like that? I mean, this wasn't something Rabbi was trying to play a game here. He was teaching his students about the Gemara over there, that the Gemara, he quoted the Gemara over there. It says, Benonim Zevizeshevtom. So he was saying that he's a Benoni, that his Zebizah shaved him. And he said that he is a Benoni. But if he was talking about uh, half and said half of it, that wouldn't make any sense. Uh, impossible. Vinoida, and it's known. Number one, the Lord Pasik, that his mouth never ceased from learning. He always learned. So that means that he always spent his time in qua- quantity. He spent, he always learned. Achafilu. So to the extent that he learned so much that the Malachamovis could not dominate over him, he couldn't kill him, he couldn't take his life, he couldn't take his soul because he was learning until he had to find uh, ways of taking his soul by making him interrupt his learning. So we see that his learning was constantly and it was at a level that the uh, Malachamovis was not able to uh, dominate and take him up. So, in such a person, how could he uh, sin in half sins? Um, if we said a Benoni does one Avera, maybe Rabbi made a mistake, he did one Avera, or did two Averas, we can say that maybe it was a mistake like that. But the word Benoni has the meaning he's a person in the middle ground. Middle, and as we learned, that would mean 50 for the it's a hard 50 for the eight of so that would mean that he had a 50-50 not one or two so how could he make such a mistake in half since Chaz Visholim in half that he, half of his of all of his doings would be since God forbid how could that be even a mistake so even if we should say that he had a miscalculation about himself but it couldn't be 50% of the Averis and Besides, now the Altarev is going to say, besides looking at what Rabbi says, if we just evaluate what we mean when we say a Benuni, you'll have to come to the conclusion that a Benuni isn't talking about actual violations of Torah Mitzvahs. Just like by Rabbi, we're going to explain that what we're talking about here is not that he violated uh, any Mitzvahs. He did all the Mitzvahs. The mistake was... The rabbi thought that his inside, he did all the mitzvahs, he thought he was abandoning him, that what, that Zebeza him, he thought that he's being pulled, side by the Yitzhah, side by the Yitzhah horror, but not that he's violating anything, of course he didn't violate anything. But that can also be proven, that abandoning is such, that doesn't do any avedas, because there is no such a thing as, doing even one or small avedas, to be called abandoning. And further, when would a person be called a Benoni? At the time that he's doing a sin, if he didn't repent, before he repents, 
then he's called a Russia, a complete Russia. There's no Bainani then. He's not going to be a Bainani because he just did one sin or he just did two sins, uh, three sins. No. And if after he did the Avera, he repented on those Averas, then he could Tzadikamur. He was going to be called a, uh, a complete Tzadik. So which means that a person doing Shuva is a complete Tzadik. So at the time of the Avera, he's a Rosha. At the time that he does Shuva, he's a Tzadik. Now, the Altar Rebbe is going to go on saying that it doesn't matter. There is no kind of an Avera which doesn't make you a Rosha. There's no easy Aveda, light Aveda, a small Aveda. Every Aveda makes you a Russian. Even one who transgresses a very light prohibition of the words of the sages. So it's not based on the Torah, it comes from the rabbis, and this person uh, transgresses their prohibition. Maybe you'll say, well, that's not a Russia, but he's also making a Russia. It's also called a Russia. So you don't have to violate a prohibition of the Torah to be called a Russia, even violating an Isra Rabbanon. It's called a Russia. As we find in the second chapter of Nesechta Yabamas and the first chapter of Nida. And over there too, so over there we see, so, you know, anything you violate, a small Isra Rabbanon is still a Russia. Now, even in a situation where you didn't violate anything by yourself, but you didn't protest somebody else that was violating an Avera, that also will render you, you can't say, that also makes you a Russia. And even one who has the ability to protest somebody else violating, and he didn't protest, and even if you didn't do anything, is also Nikola Russia. This is also you called a Russia. Which means, so we can't say that that's a benoni, the Perik of the Shavuos in the second, sixth chapter of Mesech the Shavuos. So, because she came, the Kalvachimer, and then it goes without saying, so here we're talking about violating prohibitions. But, what happens when one violates such averis, which are almost impossible uh, to uh, protect oneself? He's not violating uh, a prohibition, but he is violating not performing the mitzvah all the time that he has to do it. So the Koshkev Kavachemer goes without saying, even there of the Rabbonon, even Micha, this is not you yourself where you didn't protest, but for sure, when one is Mavatle, is a mitzvah, I say, he is, uh, doesn't do, he nullifies some sort of a positive mitzvah, that he had the ability to. Uh, observe and he doesn't do it. Kimoi, let's take for an example a very difficult mitzvah, even a very difficult mitzvah that a person is mavatli cannot do. He cannot that he didn't do. Like for example, kol shev one who has the ability to occupy himself in Torah and he didn't do it. So he wasted a minute. He wasted time that he had the ability to study Torah and he didn't utilize it. So. That for sure will be a Russia at that time. That's not excusable. And the Rikoshkev of Kalchem is the Mitzvah Sasem in Atoyra. Shaol of Darshul our sages say about him very, very serious punishment for a person like that. The Pasik says, Kidvar Havayim Bozo, for the word of Hashem he has shamed. He degraded because if you leave the word of Hashem, you leave the word of Torah without studying it, and you had the ability to study it, you are degrading the word of Hashem. 
And the Torah gives the punishment. He cut us to cut us again. So it's really be cut off. So we see that there's a serious penalty uh, for that. Now, Upshita, so since there is such a penalty, we're not going to say he's still a Benoni because he couldn't take care of it and uh, he, he didn't uh, he didn't uh, he didn't do the mitzvah. He's still not considered a Russia. Says Upshita the Mikra Russia Tzvei Mayfrisidabana, and of course that he would be called a Russia more than one who transgresses just a prohibition which is of the sages that we mentioned before. So although there is no a specific source right now that. Uh, the person is a Russia for this, but we know how serious offense it is because the punishment is Kodesh to Kodesh, Kedvarash and Baza, so it's obviously that he would be called a Russia. We can't call this person a Benoni. So it seems that there could be no violation of any sort and for the person still to be a Benoni and not a Russia. So we can't say over here, so what is the Benoni? So being Cain, if so, so we have to say that this Benini he does not even have that level of sin of wasting time of Torah and that level of Bittl uh, Torah is even though it's an Aveda the Torah but it's something which is very uh, difficult to one protect himself and the Gemara says that one of the that we pray every day to forgive us is for the sin of Bittal Torah because no one can uh, a person cannot protect themselves from such an Avedu so now that we are saying that a Benini is not discussing the violation of, of Torah Mitzvah because otherwise there would be no Benini how could there be a Benini? it be a Russia. now that we are saying that we are discussing here the level, something else, what's going on inside, but it's not about the actual observance of Torah. And because of this, Torah That's why now we also understand why Rabbi can make a mistake and think of himself that he's a average, that he's a Benuni. Because we've concluded he doesn't even waste the time of Torah. So Leposik Pumya Megir said the fact that he didn't stop learning still doesn't mean that he's more than a Benini, because a Benini doesn't stop learning. So, what is a Benini? How is a Benini different from a Tzadik? This is what we're going to explain. The difference is in his level and his inside, how much he has transformed himself or not. As the Tanya will go out and explain this whole idea. Now, in the Zoyar, on the third uh, section, on page of Aleph, over there it says, uh, whoever his sin are fewer would be considered a tzaddik v'raloi. So we see that also in the description of the Zoyar, it seems that the lesser Averis is called a Tzadik Veraloi. So, therefore a Benoni would mean one who has 50% Averis. So, in other words, that the Tzadik Veraloi is a description not of his status, how he dealt with his Ra, how he dealt with his inside, 
that we're dealing with that, but we're actually dealing if he has a Vedas, because it's called Shemot Mavanesu. Uh, and then Abeni would be in 50% Avedas. So, he Shailas Rabbanuna Leliyo. That was Rabbanuna asking Eliyo over there. Uh, but according to Eliyo's response in that Zayar, is Tzadik Viraloi. The Tzadik Viraloi is Ukmeshekosu Braim Hemna Pashmishpotim Lil. Fits is like the Raim Hemna said in the Parsh Mishpatim before, that Veraloi is not Avedis, but Veraloi is that he still has part of the evil in himself, but that it's Kof of Latoy. And the Alter Rebbe says, Vishivim Ponim Latoy. There are 70 uh, ways, 70 faces for the Torah. So as the Rebbe explains, that the Alter Rebbe doesn't mean here to say Vishivim Ponim Latoy, that there is that possibility too. Because we've just proved from all these uh, sources that the uh, Tzadik Veraloi and the Benoni could not be possibly talking about Averis. So how are we saying that this is 70 faces to the Torah? So the Rebbe explains that this is what he's telling you, is how could even uh, Rabbi Mnuna think that the Pshat is that it means that who has fewer Avedis would be called the Tzadik Veraloi when there is such difficulty of the questions of all the presented questions that Alter Rebbe presents here that it can't be so so he thought that this was one of the 70 faces of the Torah not that this is the final Pshat and basically he always saying to him that it's not even one of the 70 uh, face of the Torah. So Bishim Ponim La Torah is not telling us now the way the Rebbe learns that this is a possibility, it's another face of Torah, but we can't learn it. Bishim Ponim Torah was his thought. But Elio is telling that it's not even one of the 70 Ponim La Torah. So it's, the way the Rebbe learns it's not Bishim Ponim La Torah. It's Bishim Ponim La Torah, that was his question. But we have to say, according to Elio Shom, this is not even one of the 70 faces of the Torah.